0: and welcome back to the final episode. What? Of 30-something with Sunny. Now, I'm not going anywhere. The show's not going anywhere, but we're going through a little bit of a rebrand. I talked about it in last week's episode, but this is actually the official last episode of 30-something before I launch the new show next week, which is called We Gotta Talk with Sunny. Um, So quick, quick intro before we get into today's episode, which is another amazing mom happy hour with a lifelong friend of mine. I've been friends with this girl since middle school, Um, Dana, who lives in my hometown of Pittsburgh right now, but is been all over the world before that. Um, Anyhow, before we get to details on this week's episode, just a quick programming note. So when you come back next week, you're going to see a different picture, you're going to see a different name, but all the old episodes will still be there, so not to fret. Um, All the fan favorites from... Um, the past almost two years will still be there. So we're just going to have a different name and it's going to be great. I'm going to do a separate mini app to let you know what to expect. But let's dig into today's guest because I'm so excited. So there's no one that knows you like a childhood friend, right? They have seen us at like our most awkward years and, and our crazy stages and our weird fashion choices. I mean, everything. Dana is a friend of mine from Pittsburgh. We grew up together and oh my god, I wonder what she listens to this episode if she's going to remember. Dana, do you remember we used to do sticker notes? Like we used to trade stickers with each other. Oh, what a nerd I was. Back in middle school, we used to send these like um like really uh, decorated and like super like creative, colorful notes back and forth. We lived five minutes away from each other, by the way, but we insisted on mailing each other letters with stickers in them because I don't know why. Anyway, Dana, Dana is um, a great friend of mine who's a mom of, I believe he's an almost three-year-old. Son Enzo, and he is adorable and amazing. And um, I wanted to do this episode with Dana for the longest time because, um, well, not only do I love her and admire her as a person, but she just had a really interesting and cool life. She worked for the longest time, oh gosh, I think she was 15 years or something or close to it in L.A. You'll hear her talk about that in her career with Triller and working with all of these um, cool kind of tech-based companies out there in L.A. She and her husband, Jim, just moved back to um, our hometown of Pittsburgh. So we talk about transitions in, in motherhood and parenting and what it's like to like finally go back to that network of people that are there to support you. Family is so important, especially when you have a young kid. Uh, We talk about her son's autism diagnosis. We get very candid and very real about what that was like for her as a mother and her journey. We talk about what it's been like parenting during a lockdown because it's been freaking bonkers for everybody. Um, I, I honestly do not know when I look back on these past six months how we all managed to... Keep ourselves like not crazy. Um, it's hard. It's hard with the young kids who, like, literally are bursting at the seams to go outside and play around and get crazy. So, anyway, we talk about all that and more. It's a real trip down memory lane. We get some Pittsburgh references in there. Oh, and when the episode starts, by the way, it kind of pops in in the middle of a conversation because I'm professional like that. And there was just, there was a lot of like, you know, off camera talk happening before we we started recording. So I popped in at a point where we were talking about our husbands not having social media but having creeper accounts on Instagram. So you're going to hear like when when we pick up the show, that's kind of the conversation we're in the middle of. So uh, talking about how like Andrew will come home and like know everything I did during the day, yet he doesn't officially have an Instagram. It's the weirdest thing. Anyhow, that's the conversation we pop in in the middle of in the beginning of the episode. That was a text alert. I am super professional. (laughs) Um, You guys enjoy the episode. As always, I will be back on the flip side with more.
1: Because then they complain, oh, you're always on your phone. You're always on your phone. And I'm like, no, I'm not. If I, like, I am not on my phone on social media. Like I'm on the, I'm, I could do the same thing on the computer. I'm doing stuff for the house that we're renovating. I'm looking up stuff for Enzo. I'm buying groceries. Like I can do that all from my phone now. So yeah, I am on my phone, but I'm not on Facebook and Instagram all day.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Andrew said like, child locks on my Instagram account officially. So yeah. if I hit over two hours a day, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not when all of your work funnels through. It's on. I haven't even hit my time limit yet, so how about that? Um, but yeah, I, uh, my excuse back is always too. And this is true. Sometimes when I'm cleaning and the kids are watching TV, I will prop up my phone on the counter or something, or while I'm cooking and put next. Yeah, so that counts towards screen time or a podcast or yeah. So it, it's really hard. Plus, I feel like so many of us are like lockdown crazy right now. So. You know it's hard. Tell everybody where you are. I, you're not in Florida with me, but I feel like I gave I gave, oh. I gave people a little bit of info in the intro, so they know a little bit about you by now. But tell us where uh, you are and like your whole situation right now, lockdown and kids and stuff. I'm in the
1: good old Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I wish I was in the sunny, beautiful, not humid, oceanside. Redondo Beach, California, where I lived for 17 years of my life until this past April.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a change of scenery yeah. for you. So
1: I'm at my mother-in-law's house. That's great. And, the, and a very funny thing here is that every time I do Zooms with people, I sit right here and I tell them that I'm Beyonce with this thing <laughs> in the background.
0: She has, for anyone so. listening on the podcast, it's like a big <laughs> sunburst and she puts her head in the middle. It's gorgeous. It's actually a very nice yes. effect. So how's it been living at at your mother-in-law's house? I mean, you know, it's one thing to be on lockdown and I'm not going to put you in any compromising position. We (laughs) love Jim and his family, but um, that's like another level of stress and not just, I'm not saying the mother-in-law thing in particular, but not being in your own space. That's really hard.
1: Yeah. So uh, my mother-in-law has graciously given up her home and we... Um, are living here on our own. So our little family of three um, is here. She's staying at her sister's house, um, and you know, just understands that like we went through a big transition, especially me with living there for so long, coming back to Pittsburgh where I wasn't extremely super stoked about, like I am. But it was just very hard to leave somewhere that you pretty much became an adult, you know. So um, it's you know, it's nice to have our own space but it's very hard because I don't have all of my things here. I'm work. I'm cooking, I don't know how many freaking meals a day out of a kitchen that is barely used because God bless my mother-in-law, but she's not a cook. Um, So a lot of her things, you know, she doesn't really use. So I'm I'm dirtying pots and pans that probably have never seen oil in them. you know, using the dishwasher probably three times a week using the oven that the first few, t- like probably the, the first like two or three weeks that I used it, it still smelled like brand new,
0: like, oh you know, that smell. Yes. the um, smell. So yes.
1: that's kind of hard, like living in a space where you have all the things that you need. So luckily we didn't have to unpack like our whole kitchen or anything, but it's just not your stuff that you're used to. Um, sleeping in beds that, you know, aren't your mattresses that aren't comfortable. It's like going and staying in a hotel for a week, you know, that sometimes you have the plush, beautiful Ritz Carlton and sometimes you don't. And like, you know, it's just none of your things. So it's definitely very hard. Um, and now,
0: how old Enzo is too, because you're doing this with a toddler, which yeah. I feel like a toddler is, wait, a toddler's up to three, right? I think that's true. I think. T- I know. I don't know. It starts, I, mean, at one, I don't know, but he's young. You're living, you, you have a young child is what I'm trying. To They're say. just little terrorists.
1: So I don't <laughs> know what age. It's Enzo is so cute,
0: but you can see the mischief in his eyes. Every time you post a story, I'm like, oh, he's up to something.
1: Gosh. yes. Yeah. So I'm living with, you know, my husband who's kid number one, and then my toddler who will be three years old in October, um, kid number two. And it's definitely tough because he is, you know, a, a ball of energy who went from having all of this social interaction, just like your kids, I'm sure at least they have each other, but to having none for, you know, two months. And now he at least gets to see some members of our family that have kids, but it's definitely hard. You know, we're not in our own space. We don't have a fence around a yard. You know, there's a somewhat busy street right outside. So it's just, I mean, he's the minute he walks outside, he's like a freaking tornado.
0: Yeah. Well tell everybody so what you've been tough. doing. Like, I don't feel like any of us really have the perfect answer here, but what are some things you've been doing to keep him occupied and things that you found that worked? And that can include screen time because mm. I mean, obviously there's screen time. There. Yeah. Every time that
1: you, you like comment about like how long your kids have been on the iPad for the morning. I'm like, yep. Mine's been on it literally since 8am and it's eleven.
0: I mean, um, and that's only part of it. It's it's shameful when I tally up the numbers, but really, and I that, but I look at the totality of the day and I'm like, I mean, it's what we're, it's 1115 as we're recording this. The kids have already gone swimming and showered for the day. They've already had yeah. a swing set. So I don't feel so bad when they have to come in and watch an hour of Roblox or play an hour of Roblox.
1: I don't, but I, you know, Enzo has a little, uh, Kindle and, he's really good with like pulling up like some of the books and he'll flip through. And he plays a lot of games, which right now they consist of like ABCs and one, two, threes and talking about over and under and going to the side and little things like that. Sometimes I'll turn off the wifi on it. So he can't get the <gasps> movies or the shows. Oh my um, god, You are full of genius can, hacks. This he is, is a little tantrum, but then like he eventually gets over and I'm like, well,
0: this is what you have. So this is what you need to work with if you want the tablet kit. <laughs> That's really actually, oh. that's brilliant. Um, I, maybe my oldest is too old to fall for that now, but I might try that with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, I would. I think it's to, good. You like, need to find ways to, in, to, to limit it without it being sometimes, I know people like, just, you know, be honest with them, but the confrontation and the fights that happen when we try to get off iPads are massive. So any little way I can find yeah. to like, he used to be
1: very good. He used to be very good. I'd be like, okay, say bye-bye. We're going to say bye-bye to our friends on the tablet. And now he screams when I take it away. And I'm just like, I have to snatch it out of his hands and say, peace out. Yeah. And then he walks away. But like, it's now tantrum because he gets it a lot more. He used to only get it, you know, here and there, but now he literally gets it every day.
0: So you have to tell us how things are in Pittsburgh right now with the virus, because we're in—I'm recording this in in Florida and it's hotspot central. You came from California a couple of months yeah. ago, which was a total hotspot. It's like a little bit chiller in the burg right now, right? It's a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit chill here. I mean, you know, people are out and about. Everybody still wears their masks. People get together a lot more here because the weather is nice right now, thankfully. So people can go outside. It's a lot of, hey, let's hang out on, you know, in your backyard or at your pool or at your patio and you go over there and people don't have masks and they just hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you see people at the restaurants, but more everybody tries to sit outside. It's still, it's a lot calmer. A lot more things are open here. then I would say California and Florida. Um, you know, but, but everybody, there are still people that are like super cautious of everything and it's understandable. You have to kind of understand where everybody's coming from and just kind of, you know, say, okay, Hey, this is what you think. Great. This is what I think. Great. And just respect everybody's feelings in the matter. I think things are, you know, getting a little bit better here. Um, but I see that changing once the weather starts changing and then flu season hits yes. because we're not lucky like you. And like I was lucky when I lived in beautiful California <laughs> that I could, um, you know, not have to deal with snow and horrible weather where you deal with snow and horrible weather here, you deal with more sniffles and sneezing and coughing yeah. and sickness, which then is going to turn into, I'm sure everybody wondering, do I have COVID? Do I have the flu? Do I have a cold? And I, I, am dreading this winter because I think winters in, in Pennsylvania, as you know, suck and are cold and everybody's kind of like depressed and in their house. And now we are going to have this on top of it. So I just, I hope something sorts out. So I'm just trying to like take every piece of this warm weather and ride it as long as I can. Because we're going to go into a, a dark hole. And I feel like places like Florida and California aren't because they don't have that.
0: I will say most of the year people like laugh at me and all the crazy stuff that happens in Florida and just the state that it is. I love Florida <laughs> truly, <Yeah>. but now <laughs> I'm you? fine. Like this is a last laugh moment where I'm like, well, listen, at least we get to go outside from like October through April yeah. when all this is happening and we're not like limited to that. So there is an upside to living in Florida, but like, I mean, it's, well, really, it's circus fell down here like 90 Yeah, I, know. I say that with love because I feel like it's my adopted home now, but I mean, you know that I,
1: I was down there and, and you know what in June when all of this stuff went berserk again. And I see I was in target and no one's wearing a mask and it's, you know, I there's like fights by, happening in
0: Trader Joe's yeah. every week. It's insane.
1: I walked by <laughs> a beach bar because we went to a little private beach and there's people sitting at the bar, no masks on. Drinking, the bar lady's wiping the bar down with her bar rag. I'm like, sneezing in her elbow, their hands in their mouth, <laughs> and then stuck their hands on the counter. And now you just wiped it where somebody else was sitting. It just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. But you know what? When this weather changes, guess where I'm coming, girl. You to come a, stay good with good me. old Florida State. Hey, what is it, buddy? I'm, I'm gonna this. come down there.
0: What is it? I'm being interrupted by child number one. Tell me, tell me. She scratched you. Okay, I'll be out to. Oh. oh yeah. Just shut that door and react. Give me a few more minutes. Okay. Love you bye. Every day. We're in a period right now where <laughs> the, the little ones are realizing they can fight back. And so oh. when my son, who's now seven, teases them, they're like, I mean, they're literally like cats. So he just came and he's like, she scratched me again. And he's like, God love him. He's like um, he's like a little judge. He's like, so what's the punishment gonna be? Like he has to understand <laughs> fully that these girls he's, are gonna see consequences. That's you. Oh my like, yes, Ask there's, you. there's, and you know what, if you think I'm like that, and Andrew is that times like a thousand, like, got to do by the book, got to follow the rules. So he comes in and he's like, so what, what punishment did you give him? I'm like, dude, I got this. I'm the parent oh here. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So wait, speaking of kids, we have to kind of rewind a little bit. You're talking about moving to California and I'm totally flashing back to the days where you were at Pitt. University of Pittsburgh, I was at Carnegie Mellon and I had this apartment. I can't even remember the street, what was the street? North, I can't remember. You had your house on Melwood, remember? And I remember the day I picked you up in my crappy Honda Accord and you're like, is it? (laughs) I'm moving to California for school. And I was like, oh my God, it's so Because if you're from Pittsburgh, you know, it's like the most amazing town filled with the most amazing people. But a lot of people stay there because it's awesome. So it's like, you were like my first friend that like struck out on her own. I was like, yes. And you were there for so long.
1: So long. I left in 2003 and I came back in 2020.
0: Like, what do do you stand on the whole like, you know coming home thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to say this and it's so different for so many people. Pittsburgh does have this like magnetic pull though. There's something about the feeling and the love there that really understandably draws people back in. So, but I mean, yeah, you know, if there's ever a time to do it, it's now when you want to be around. Yeah, I think
1: that I never, and you know this, like I never thought I would move back to Pennsylvania. I always knew that I would, Probably leave California at some point, just from, you know, being married before, you know, when I was married for, to my first husband who passed away, which, you know, that a lot of people know that um, we even talked about potentially moving out of California at some point never back to Pittsburgh, but kind of staying somewhere West, but moving out of like Los Angeles. Cause it was just crazy mm-hmm. whether, or whether or not kids were in the picture. Um, there was a couple times in my early years, probably the first like three years that I lived in California that it was hard and I was struggling. And I was like, I don't know if I can make this. I don't know if I can cut it. Like there was one time where I almost, my girlfriend was like, look, just come and live with me, like, get out of your apartment. Like just come and stay with me till you get your stuff together because it's expensive as all hell out there. People are nutty. It's a grind. Like you have to watch who you trust. It's a lot, but I managed to make it and I stuck around and I did really well. And like, once I hit 30, I really took off and did really, really well. And like, I was like, I made it. Like I I'm proud of myself. I did awesome. Um, you know, and then once, you know, Jimmy and I got married, it, you know, I, I just had this thing in the back of my head. I was like, I know I'm gonna get back there because he was always so pro Pittsburgh and just wanted to come back. And I love where I am from. I love where I am born. I think we were raised great. I think raising children here is great. We have good morals. We have good values. Like it's a good town, you know. Um, and you know, raising Enzo here is gonna be great. I um, I just it, it's It's hard. And this is probably going to sound like an asshole statement, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I know some people do understand when you come from a big city like California, you live there for 17 years, you hustle, you struggle, you almost come on the brink of moving back to your hometown. You, and you have all the success and you have no reason for moving back because you're still successful and you're still doing well, but your life changes because you have a child you realize there's other things that are more important in a way it feels a little bit like a, a failure almost and I, and i know i'm not a failure because i've succeeded and i've done so many great things but you have to like shift your priorities when you become a parent
0: mm-hmm. which
1: don't, don't you some people understand like, and some don't
0: yeah what's so interesting though i'm hearing you say this and it's like the eternal sort of conflict especially in women because you know we tend to bear the brunt for better or for worse. This is a separate discussion on a lot of the early childhood raising duties. And I just feel like, oh my God, you're saying this and I'm like hearing it and feeling it so much because everybody thinks, you know, I'm going to be the one that makes my career happen and has a family and I'm gonna power through and like me, like I'm gonna stay in TV. I love this job. And and something really does happen. And I like did not want to be predictable like that and just, you know, but it happened like it, it's it's almost impossible. And I don't know if that's society's fault for the way we support new families and new mothers, or if it's just sort of biologically what happens, but you can't feel like a failure. And I know you don't truly at the end of the day, but because the odds are stacked. And that's why I always say like, you really can't have it all, not at once. And like, we need to reinforce that narrative a little bit more because women want to, it's our nature to want to try and try and try to be it all to everyone. And you just can't.
1: And I agree. I agree. Like, I know that I'm not, I know my priorities are shifted. I know I have to like, you know, put my son and my family first, which is what, what I did, you know, and I will find my new kind of, you know, my new career path mm. now that I'm back here, but right now it has to be focusing Enzo. And, and, you know, as sad as I was to leave California and as much as I never thought I would really like come back to Pittsburgh when we weighed all the options of places to go, mm. especially with having Enzo, it made the most sense. You know, yeah. I'm going to be 40 years old next year. I'm a social person. I'm, you know, outgoing. I like to have fun. I like to be outdoors and do things. I can make friends and I can meet people. Do I want to do that at this age? Is it a lot harder at this age than it was at 25? Or, you know, yeah, it is a lot harder. And I have a lot more things going on. You know, I have a family now. It's not like I can run out every night of the week. Not like we can right now anyway with the pandemic. But, you know, when you weigh that from a personal standpoint, like, I didn't want to have to go and make a ton of new friends. I will. Because that's just me. I got my friends here from high school. I have friends from college. I have friends from work that I worked with here that I still am very much in touch with and very much close with. But you know, you want to make some friends in your area and your neighborhood, and I will. But to go somewhere outside of Pittsburgh where you don't really know anybody, maybe you know one person, it's definitely was a deterrent. And then also, you know, we have built-in childcare here. I have paid a nanny. I mean, since Enzo was like, I don't know, six months old, I had paid a nanny and she was amazing and we loved her. And I mean, thank God for her, but you know, it's much nicer when you can call grandma on a Saturday night and be like, Hey, we're going go to go to our friends. Can you come over for a couple hours? Whereas opposed to you have respect for like a nanny and you can do that at times. But I mean, I, we probably have done that to Jimmy's mom, like probably the past three or four weekends, mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally Saturday afternoon. Hey, can you work tonight? Whereas If I wouldn't do that four weekends in a row to a nanny, right? You know, like with family, you can say, "Hey," and if they say no, whatever.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, and we're around. My sisters here. My parents are here part of the year, but and and Andrew's family is here, but they've got a thousand grandkids, (laughs) and it's like, it is hard to like not. I always say this because I genuinely believe it. People are like, "Oh, what's you know what's your tip for staying sane?" And it sounds. Selfish, I guess, in some ways, but it's to find help. And if it's help from your family or help that you pay, there's like no shame in that. I feel like some people are like, oh, you know, you're not as good of a mom if you admit to having a, a babysitter or a nanny, especially if you're not working outside of the home full time. But there is absolutely no shame in knowing your threshold and asking for help beyond it. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you've got you've to gotta be okay with that. This whole like, you know, I'm a better mom than you because I do this much more work than you has got to stop. That narrative is just really damaging. And I I like try not to play into that myself, but sometimes I do feel like that. Like even in lockdown, I'm like, you know, if I'm not cooking I mean, enough times a week, I'm like, well, I'm a crappy wife, you know? Well, or, yeah. Six times this week,
1: but you know what? Or if you don't make the bed
0: or if you don't, you know,
1: I, yeah, I, I totally get that it's stupid. It's, we just got to stop. I will admit, you know, before I was a mom, I would look sometimes at some of my friends that weren't working and be like, but you say you have no time or you have this and you have this. And, and I didn't really get it. Like I was just like, Hey, okay. If you're saying that, that's cool. Like let's schedule time whenever you have to, you know, and here and there, admittedly, I would get upset sometimes. Um, and just be like, dude, like I've made plans with you six times and you've literally canceled every time you know, and I would get upset, but it's like, never would like damage a friendship. I'd be like, whatever, you know, it's fine. We'll, we'll hang when we can hang. But now I totally get it. I totally get, I am not working. I am taking care of my toddler. I am trying to do, you know, renovations on a new home. I'm living in you know transition in my mother-in-law's house trying to keep this place clean you know because it's not my home trying to at least have a little bit of a social life trying to work out trying to take care of like my health cooking dinners you know it's just i now understand that stay being a stay-at-home mom is yeah there is no time sometimes and you are very busy you know, it's crazy. Don't when, you when look you're back ch- on
0: your days at work and you're like, dude, I really miss that. Like I used to shower put yeah. on my face. I put on my clothes and walk out the door and be like yep. to my Nana. Like, Have fun. And tell everybody where you worked too. Cause you had a really cool job in California too.
1: I I did. So uh, the the past two jobs that I had, I, I worked at Riot Games, which um, is the publisher for League of Legends, which was like the number one video game in the world. Um, A lot of people will know about that. And I worked for there for, I mean, eight years, nine years, a long time. And I grew with that company from a startup from like 170 people to 5,000 globally, huge. So it was great. It was, it was, it was fun. Um, I love all of those people, but I wasn't a video game person. Um, I learned a lot there. I, grew professionally there, but I wasn't a video game person. Um, I had my son, I had an opportunity presented to me to work for a company called Triller. Um, Basically, uh, people are probably hearing a lot about it now because of the TikTok ban, but it's basically TikTok. Um, And so I worked for them for, well, since like 2017, actually, no, yeah, end of 2017, let's just say 2018 up until pretty much October of uh, 2019. Yeah. That's so a cool job. Um, I worked for them for a little while and I did their brand and marketing. Um, there was, when I started, it was the CEO, me and a street team. That's crazy. Um, The company was like- around, but they kind of just re, you know, they were just kind of redoing everything. And I worked with them and it was really cool because it was in the, you know, in the music and creative space and dealing with like kind of pop culture and trends and things that I really enjoy, especially like hip hop and rap music, which was yeah. the platform is really, really known for that. I think they're trying to grab, you know, everything else right now with the whole TikTok issue, but yeah. Um, it was really fun. I mean, I met Snoop Dogg. I was in a music video and like- Wait, when which left, video
0: were you in? Like, why am I not remembering oh that? God.
1: I'll have to find it. No, it's like a, I don't think it was any anything ever big. It was just something he released on YouTube.
0: That is so amazing. Um, Wait, I'll send I'll it to you. That one day I was scrolling my Instagram and I was like, <gasps> Dana sitting next to John Mayer and you were just like chill. Like it was just some bro at the club. I was like- I was this was your life was just really insane for a while. And the fact that you even kept that up after having Enzo was just bonkers uh, to me. But like so I started helping cool
1: Yeah, it was really cool. I started helping them out um just on a contract basis six weeks after Enzo was born. Because I I just I don't like sitting around. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, this baby's sleeping all the time. I can do a little bit of work. And then that uh very quickly turned into craziness and you know, running around. It wasn't like sitting in an office, you were running around Los Angeles and meetings, you know, all day long in hotels at music studios at restaurants, like different offices, it was it was really cool. I met a lot of really cool people. Um, You know, and prior to that, just living in the, in the city for so long, and especially, you know, moving there when I was 20. I was intertwined with all of that, like that life, the celebrity. So you just kind of don't get phased by seeing people like that out and about and you have to just play your cool especially when you're like working but it was really a, it was a cool job um and i enjoyed it i had a lot of fun but i quickly realized that um you know every night there was a new music release party a concert some of them like an album listening party with 50 people in a studio with the artist and all this stuff that i'm like oh my god this is so amazing i love this i want to do it but I mean, you know, I'm pushing 40 and I have a kid at home and a husband and that's not me anymore. That's me. Like, let's not get it twisted. I like to go out and throw down and act like I'm 25, (laughs) But, (laughs) but, you know, I can do that every once in a while, but I can't do that every night. I have a family. I have a child. I have responsibilities. I get tired and hungover. So, you know, I wish I could turn the hands of time and had that job in my twenties, it would have been really fun, but I can pick up like that, you know? And, you know, outside of it, like to get, we don't have to get on the subject, but like, you know, as you know, like Enzo was diagnosed with autism. So that was even more like, I need to like be there for my child. Yeah. This can't work. I need to get him intervention. I need to make sure he's taken care of. I need to like put him like Top, top. So that kind of just was like, let's get out of this. And that that therein made us a little bit more serious about like, okay, we got to get out of California. We need the support of family. And let's start exploring these places. And then it was just like Pittsburgh's it. So yeah. Let's, let's
0: let's dig into that too. I mean, I do want to, if you're comfortable, I want to talk about that because I know parents, there's Yay. so many parents in the same position. Um, how did you take that news? Uh it sucked um,
1: to hear that, but you know, it was, it was really hard to hear it, but I knew it. How did you know? I knew something was off. When? I, okay. Well, I'll give my husband credit. (laughs) Good old Jimmy. He was like, Enzo is not answering to his name. He's not turning his head when we call his name. And I want to say it was, you know, or maybe around one ish or so, you know, when they start kind of realizing that and they start kind of saying words and, and he's like, why isn't he answering? Why isn't he? And I was like, ah, eh. he was always so physically ahead. So I, we kind of just took it as like, maybe he's just really engrossed with all the things that he's doing and being independent. So we kind of just let it go. And then we would notice he was toe walking a lot. And then we noticed he was like flapping his hands a lot. And we're like, well, that's just when he's excited. And I was more reserved of like, no, he's fine. He's still just young. And my husband was a little bit more, no, I think there's something. What if, what if something's going on? And then that kind of slowly faded. We got him in speech therapy, very young at like 13 or 14 months. And the speech therapy, um, you know, she was like, he's really young, but let's just, if you guys are comfortable coming here, you got insurance, let's just do it. So we did it. And then I just, I started just seeing it more. And I'm like, I, we went in for his 18 month appointment and, and you know, you fill out all those forms every time you go. And I just filled everything out. And I was like, I, I, I need to bring him to the regional center and get him tested. So in California, they have regional centers where you can take your child and get them evaluated for delays, autism, disabilities, whatever. So we did that. And, you know, my husband was just like, I don't know, I don't think I think he's fine. So it flip flopped, it went from right. him thinking he's okay, you know, so we did, we took him at um, 19 months, and he had, it was like the month long evaluation over four different um, appointments. And she said, you know, we have, he is delayed. It's still kind of early, but he's showing some signs. So I'm going to officially give him the diagnosis, which I at the time didn't think they could officially diagnose children until three. But I guess times are changing and they can actually do that now. Um, and because they want kids to get into early intervention, because there's proven you know, facts that and cases where children benefit so much from 18 months to three years old of getting really um intensive therapies to help, you know, kind of instill those behaviors in them to help better them, you know, as they grow. So we were like all for it. Let's go. And he got into early intervention in California, which was great. Literally within two weeks of the diagnosis, he started the little intervention school, which was amazing. Um, we just had really great experience and great luck with the, the services in California. Um, he had little schools, he started behavioral therapies at home but I exposed him to all typical kids. Once a week, he went to a little three hour a day, like little moms morning out with typical kids. And those ladies from that the class, um, he would go with their little kids. We drop them off. They became like my mom friends in the area and they all knew. And I mean, he played with their kids and I would see so much more um, just growth from him. And he was doing so great, like hanging with those typical kids and mimicking and mocking them which was mo- not mocking them but you know so it was it was good um and i think because we kind of caught it and we just i we both just like kind of went with our gut and and he's doing really good now um but it was really hard we weren't really um we were kind of in denial so when we found out we weren't in denial we knew it i i walked out of there i called my brother and i was like Enzo was diagnosed with autism and I just started crying and
0: it's okay. Yeah.
1: You know me, I get sensitive anyway. It's
0: okay. So, um, so I just
1: start crying and he was like, it's okay. Like everything's going to be okay. And, and I called my best friend cause she's his godmother. And basically that's all I told for, I didn't even tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody else i think i was like going through it and talking to you about it a little bit but i officially didn't really even like start saying like that he had autism for a while because so it was just hard it's still hard and i definitely have my days i'm sorry i'm crying on
0: your Oh my gosh! No, don't apologize. But you know me; I
1: cry all the time. I've learned to cry all
0: the time about everything. You have to let it out. Yes, yes. There's no shame in that. And you know what, Dana? I will say, like, gosh, I I do think every parent has a moment where they look at their child and worry about something in their future, and it could be socially, it could be educationally, it could be physically. And I, I feel for you. We know what speech delays are like. We know the worry. I mean, it's not the same in some ways, but every parent, and and I just, I feel like you're speaking to so many people who've been in that spot or in other spots where they've, they've worried for their child, but he's like making incredible progress. And I yeah talk about like the support of the community and, and the early intervention, like that stuff is key. And the upside to the early diagnosis is the early treatment. And like, exactly. It, it's a huge part. Don't ever feel like you need to apologize for crying. I mean, this is normal. This is, you're a mother. This is how I we cry feel. every day. <laughs> Listen, girl. I swear.
1: I feel like once you have a kid, like you just, I'm sensitive in general. I'm definitely my father's daughter. He is Mr. Sensitive, good old dinger. But like, I just, I think with things that have happened in my life from, you know, Hayden passing away, this diagnosis, losing, like just, grief in general of life which is a whole other podcast that we've talked about talking about we're going to do that um, one yes. day but but like you know i just realized that for the rest of my life you know i am going to have these times where it's going to be sad and hard because you know as a mother you have to advocate for your advocate for your child all the time but you have to advocate so much harder when your child has a disability. Um, and, you know, there's times where I'm just like, Enzo is great. He's doing so well. And I see him playing with other kids and I'm like, there's nothing wrong. And it's very hard to sometimes when you're with other parents that, that know and, or when you tell them, they kind of, the majority of the reaction from my Friends in California, which oddly enough, I told a lot of them before I even told anybody back here in Pittsburgh. And I think just because I was with them every day, I saw them every day. I wasn't with everybody here in Pittsburgh. And to be flat out honest, it's so much more widely um, accepted in a place like Los Angeles than it is in Pennsylvania. And and things are just more progressive out there. And it's just because things catch up a lot later here. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of kind of the game in the Midwest, right? Or Mid East, and like the big cities just are on top of things. So, you know, mothers and friends would just say, I'd say, yeah, you know, he was diagnosed with autism and someone would be like, no, he's not. He's totally not. And it'd be like those days I'd be like, no, he, no, he really is, but okay. You know, and there's these great days that? where he's was great.
0: A offense a, a taken almost like because I can you know it's like someone telling you when something doesn't hurt and you're like no it really hurts like my back hurts. hurts yeah yeah like so how did you receive that when you would hear people react like that
1: I think there there's days and there's ways that people would say it where, where there's there's days where I was like no thank you like thank you you know that's that's cool but like he really was and that would kind of be the end of their like well look he doesn't act or do anything different to me. I don't see any other like ticks or, you know, stims or anything that he's doing that my child doesn't do, you know? And then there was times where people would say, it and they would just keep, well, my nephew has autism and my nephew is this, 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 this. You can't hold a candle to my nephew with your son. And it's like, dude, there are so many different levels of autism. There's so many different levels of development of sensory issues. Just because my son is talking, you know, and I'm still learning to talk now, but saying words and because your nephew is nonverbal does not mean that they both don't have autism. So there would be sometimes where people would like kind of really dig into it because they had a family member or a close friend child that had, you know, been diagnosed with ASD and that sometimes would just be like, okay, we well, maybe because it's not your child and you don't know enough about it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he doesn't have it because he just doesn't look like it. No one looks like they have it or don't have it. Come on, you know? Right. Yeah. I think but sometimes that was hard.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like people, oh gosh, and everybody would like never wants to be this guy in the room, but people hear big things. They hear of like yep. some tragic thing having happened and they like almost want to find a point of connection and, 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 and make the conversation lighter right away. They wouldn't be like, you know, my, my nephew has it, but he's okay. And he's the valedictorian. But sometimes the lesson I'm hearing from you saying this is like, maybe sometimes we just listen and Mm -hmm. we just let people talk and understand that, like you said, with your feelings, we don't have to like hop in and fix or hop in and explain away, but everybody's it's testament to everybody's parenting worlds just being so different,
1: you know? Yeah. And everything is different. And once you become a parent, like you really see all of the things. Like you have sympathy for the mother with the crying baby on the airplane. You, you know, you look at the mother that her child is running into the middle of the street or not listening at the playground. And you're like, been there, you know, maybe my kid's not doing that today, but he does that probably five out of the seven days of the week. Right. You know, so you kind of just, and it's so hard to explain it. And I'm guilty of it. It's so hard to explain that to someone that's not a mom yet. And, you know, and that's fine, right? As long as we, once we're in that position, if we ever are in that position, or if we're not just have like, you know, grace towards the situation and just sympathy, empathy, understand that everybody's got to do their own thing. Um, But yeah, you know, and, and I would say the one other thing that The one thing that does bother me and the one thing that I think no one should ever say to anybody that has a child with any kind of like, you know, disability, like autism or, you know, saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I mean, he's gonna be okay though. He's gonna be okay. Well, he is okay, dude, he's fine. He is okay, my son is fine. Yes, I know he's going to be okay. I know it's hard. Some people don't know what to say. And Mm -hmm. you're saying, like, hey, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Cool. But don't make it like, oh my God, but he's such a beautiful boy. Like, it's so tragic. No, it's not tragic. He is a beautiful boy. He's going to be fine. He is fine. Like, he's just got some things that other kids don't have, and who cares? Yeah. And that
0: makes me mad. I can totally understand that. And you know what? Now that I think of how the age where we were raised how many things have gone undiagnosed in us i would not want to see what a do- i mean the, what a doctor would say about my social anxieties as a child and my you know my sense oversensitivity i mean like there's just it's it's a yeah. blessing and a curse we live in an age where we detect things very quickly and rapidly but it also means we're probably seeing things that generations past just i mean probably, probably. Yeah, oh, and and not only that. Think twice about like there was just always like I was the kid who was just a little, I'm not weird, but like quiet and introverted in high school. I mean, these days I would probably have been diagnosed with some kind of social anxiety disorder as a child. I mean, but I look back that and I think thank God for my mom, like (laughs) just letting me be who I am without. Yeah, I mean, like you said it perfectly. Everybody's got something that they deal with, whether it's. Personally, or with their kids. But I think that's yeah. like really great advice. What would you say to a parent whose child has been recently diagnosed who's in the morning and emotional stage? Just feel the feels because they don't go away.
1: <laughs> like you just, you know, do as much research as you can, follow your gut, and just talk to who you're comfortable talking to. Tell people when you're comfortable telling them. Tell you know, people what you want to tell them. You don't have to straight up say, "Hey, my child was diagnosed with autism." Like for us, the first few, you know, first little while, like we just were like, he's developmentally behind in speech, and you know, there's some sensory issues, so he's got some development like stuff going on because I think we were just we wanted to find out as much information as we could about autism first. So we could grab wrap, wrap our heads around it. So I would say that to other parents, too is, Wrap your heads around what you need to wrap your heads around first so that you also know what reactions you want from people and you don't so that you know you know your friends, you know your family, and you know how and when you can tell people. Um, and I think it was just like a, it was a, you know, it is, it is grieving. It is coming to terms with things that you have to come to terms with, you know, yourself, with your immediate family, with your spouse, um, your significant other. You know, so you need to do that together. Make sure you're you're comfortable. Make sure you're on the same page with who you're telling, when you're telling them, and how you want to tell people. Um, and just kind of feel the feels. Talk when you need to talk about it. Cry when you need to cry. Because really, you're gonna cry for the rest of your life. There's a close um, person to us that has a child that al- that is also on the spectrum, and they're years into it now, and they say they still have, you know, times where they still cry. Because look, like. You think about k- kids with autism may never drive. They may never drive. Do I think that's going to be Enzo? No, I don't. Did I think Enzo was never going to talk? No. So you go with your gut and you, you know, like if your gut's telling you my child is going to talk, he's not going to be nonverbal. My child is going to drive. My child is going to be social. My child is going to get a job. Like you keep what you're, you know, what your you know, gut is telling you and you push forward. It may not be at four years old. He, he or she may say their first words at six, but if you know that it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's so true. And no one knows your kid like you. No one. Yeah. I always ask this on these episodes of mom happy hours too, because it's just a fun question. What is the one thing, or maybe a couple of things about motherhood that surprised you the most?
1: You said, "Mom, happy hour again." I'm like, I feel like it's it's five to twelve. I need a glass of wine already, and it's it's only noon.
0: I'm but not judging. Listen, crack
1: lip. one open. Sis.
0: I'm gonna need uh, one. I'm gonna need one today for sure too.
1: Yes. Anyway, what did you ask? Sorry, because I was like right so, when you said that, my, my head went to wine, wine, wine.
0: That goes to show you the level of desperation that we're in. I said, "What is the one <laughs> right. thing or or couple things about motherhood that has surprised you the most?" Um. You know, that we,
1: motherhood definitely changes you, which you knew was going to happen. But I think you don't realize the levels of sacrifices that you're willing to take for your child and for your family. Like, you know, like once you have that baby and you push them out, however you do, and you hold them in your arms, you're like, or adopt a child or like when you get your child in your arms, however that happens, like. You just realize that like this is the world now and this is like the the priority and this is like, you know, what I live for. Right. But you don't really realize until as you kind of go on in their life, the things that you're willing to sacrifice from yours, because let's be real. I'm a pretty selfish person. I'm a very giving person and I'm a very... I love doing things for people, for my spouse, for my family, for my friends. Like I just, I like seeing joy in other people for what I can like do for them. I love cooking. I love giving gifts. I don't, I love sending little cards. Like, you know, and so I enjoy that, but I am selfish. I like spending money on myself. I like my time to go to the spa. I like a week away from every single person in my family. Like I, you know, but I also... I'm realizing that I'm, I've given up and I am willing to give up a lot for my son, for my family. And I think, you know, for me, that was leaving California, you know, although I said, I knew eventually I'd probably leave there. It was hard. And I think it made it harder just coming back here somewhere. I never thought I'd go. So this The level of selflessness is beyond what you even could think. And, you know, the level of just being tired. I mean, (laughs) I never thought I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired in the beginning of this. I feel like the level of tiredness increases as they get older.
0: It's insane. It never, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does get better. My oldest is only seven, but I still, it is, it is a bone tired like to your core exhaustion. I, I'm told it gets better, but we're not there yet. So sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not there, and I got a ways to go. You got a ways because you got three. So, yeah, you know, you know, you're gonna be tired, but you never realize like the level. And yeah, I'd say those are the two biggest things that I I knew, but I didn't know the gravity of.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's true. I always say that like when you have kids, I feel like there's a literal chamber of your heart that's just like cracks open that wasn't there. And that's not to diminish. I mean, I say that and people are like, well, you know, I know love and I'm not a parent. I, you know, not diminishing any other version of love, but truly, I just became a little bit more intense like everything was like more intense after having kids. yeah, like, oh my gosh, the consequences. Um before we and wrap, I, go no, go finish and then I have one more question., and uh-huh.
1: I was say and I think also the like the short fuse, like, I feel like your fuse just gets shorter. It's like, I don't want to yell at my child, but oh my God, how many times do I have to say no or take this away from you? I mean, they are just little determined monsters. I know, it's insane.
0: It's insane. And
1: after a while, it's like, I can't, I can't take it. I can't take it. Like, like I said, when I, when we first started talking, I was taking my vitamins and they should just be crazy pills because I feel like I need them.
0: (laughs) You so, and yeah. all of us, hey, before we <laughs> wrap, I am always like talking and singing the praises of Pittsburgh on all my social media apps and the blog and stuff. And I've done posts on my favorite things to do. So as a final question, just because we're both 412 for life girls, what is like one thing that you would suggest people do when they visit the city for the first time? I mean, it could be a That's restaurant. I, I was like or wiping even...
1: my tears with my son's little terrible towel bib <laughs> over here.
0: Oh, um, that's very Pittsburgh. What what should they do
1: when they come here?
0: Yeah, I mean, or like, definitely... what do you want people to like know about Pittsburghers? Even like, just something special because people like who haven't been there don't get it, and it is a really I special think, place. I think you know Pittsburgh people
1: are just generally just n- nice. Like, ah, nice isn't really wo- the word. Just kind of go about their day, friendly. It's no, you know, no one really has like an ulterior motive, and I'm. I'm taking this to like from LA where, where a lot of people have ulterior motives like Pittsburgh just don't. It's a hardworking town. People have, for the most part, have good morals and values and it's all about family and it's all about just like being together, not what you have and you know, where you're going. It's spending time with each other and just being, being together. Um, And that's one thing I'd always say about Pittsburgh is, you know, I'd walk down the street in LA when I first moved there and you'd say hi, or you acknowledge someone or you just, you know, move out of the way or smile. People there are just like straight, like New York too, you just beeline down the road, you don't care who's, you know. And here, like you walk down the street and someone's, everybody's saying hi to you, acknowledging you in some way, shape or form. So it's just the mentality here. And I think if people visit here, you have to have a permani sandwich. You have to go down to the point and just really take in the city from there because it's just, it's beautiful to just see, you know, the three rivers and the city skyline um, or go up to Mount Washington and do that um, and go to a Steeler game because they're super fun. If we have Steeler
0: games again, I mean. Not oh this gosh. year, and but only go like preseason because it's too cold. I went to one game in December and yeah, literally literally was cold. like a Popsicle by the time I left. Um, oh, wait. Well, it when- is
1: fun because you could bundle up and then drink a bunch of beer and then it just like
0: numbs you from... I was gonna, that's, that's cool. one way to do that's <laughs> Be toasted by the time you get in. Um, do a quick, before yeah. we go, do a quick Pittsburgh accent for us. Every time, like and I have a drink interest like, just do the Pittsburgh accent, but I feel like I'm losing it a oh little my bit. Gosh. You know, can you do Okay. Sunny, first?
1: my, I feel like my Pittsburgh accent is gone. I do say certain words that are Pittsburgh, like yinzer words, but I feel like I don't have the accent. Abel says, whenever I drink that it comes out, I think it's BS. <laughs> I don't. So, but I will give you an accent, but let's just be very clear here. My accent is gone. And that's, the Pittsburgh accent is funny, but this is what I say about it. I think it's lazy language. No, it's... It, <laughs> it's lazy it, language,
0: but it's funny. We don't funny. want to
1: offend Pittsburgh. It's, it's, um, I'm not offending Pittsburgh. I live here. I love it. But it's it, it sounds lazy sometimes. You
0: know <laughs> what I noticed we would say, and I didn't realize it until I went to college with people not from Pittsburgh, but like for milk, we would say like milk, like M-I-W-K, I say, like milk. I say milk. Milk, I say milk. yes. Are I you, still say milk. Um, so
1: uh here so yins want to go downtown and get a permani sandwich <laughs> right up around the house
0: run a sweeper down there
1: it's down there down there or not i don't know my dad has it my mom has it my it's, brother does a little bit you, use so guys I, feel like I lost it yins guys yins guys
0: yins guys are use guys i, I got
1: use guys still
0: i i have family who still says use use guys um, yeah. it's the best Pittsburgh is the best. I think we can agree on that. Um, it is.
1: I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back.
0: Yes. And when this is all done and over with, or when the, when the band is lifted, we're, we're coming back for a while, but, um, thank you yes. for coming on, letting me drag you on. Like we talk all the time on Marco Polo and I've been talking about having you on for the longest time. So, um, thank you for doing this. Of
1: course. Thanks for listening to all of my Shenanigans and life stories, and letting me cry on your podcast like Ugly Kim Kardashian. Are you putting this video somewhere? Because oh it usually goes on YouTube. Don't people worry, people are gonna see me wiping my ears with my son's bib, and oh, that's God, I don't care. You know me; I don't give two shits what people think. That's like, hey. <laughs> what I love about you. I love, I love. I love everybody, but this is me. Take it or leave it.
0: Yes, listen, and that is. The Pittsburgh in us coming out. Like I'm not out to impress. I always say to people like, if, you're looking, if you're looking to be inspired for inspiration, aspiration, don't go to me because I I, I will give you I will give you the colors <laughs> yes. of the rainbow before we land where you want to land. Yes. Um, this is normally the part where I tell ask my guests where people should follow them. Do you want to give any of your social handles out, or do you like have anything you want to like I mean, promote or talk about? Where I'm, I'm sure I mean, you if you want to, if if you want to see pictures
1: of my son and my random like shenanigans you could follow me at Dana Dane 412
0: 412.
1: I always kept that little 412 in there on Instagram but other than that like I'm not really active on Facebook I everything pushes through from Instagram and yeah I don't know maybe Sunny maybe you and me will come up with some very creative cool thing to do in the near future I don't know I've got I've got
0: something cooking I'm bringing you on board for so um Dana you're the best I love you
1: I love you too. Thanks for having me on. I wish I could see you in person. <laughs> I
0: know, very soon. I'll talk to you on Marco Polo very shortly. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this final episode of 30-something. I'm not going anywhere, like I said. We're going to be back next week with some amazing, amazing content on We Gotta Talk with Sunny, which is the new podcast name. Kind of a new direction, new website, new everything. So I'll do a mini episode right before the first episode of We Gotta Talk drops, and it's going to be juicy and great. And listen... I just want to say um, thank you. If you started listening at any point during this uh, podcast, whether it was back in November of 2018 when I launched or, or at any point beyond, thank you truly from the bottom of my heart. Um, these shows that we've done over the past almost two years now have been very, um, you know, on, on very personal and meaningful topics to me as, as a woman and as a mom. And I know that they were issues that so many other women we're experiencing. So if you got here and and enjoyed any of it with me and enjoyed the the candid conversations, I thank you. And I know you're going to love what's next with We Gotta Talk. It's actually much of the same, except even juicier and even more detail oriented and even more like crazy topics. So Thank you for listening to all of these episodes of 30-something. I will be back on this same feed next week. New me, new artwork, new brand. It's going to be great. We will see you next week on We Gotta Talk with Sunny. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abada. And while you're there, follow along on the new Instagram account. We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening.